I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome to All in Texas Football. I'm your host, Bobby Burton. I'm joined today by someone that needs no introduction to Longhorn fans, Colt McCoy. Uh, he is uh, here in, or he's in Austin uh, for the su- or for the off season uh, after uh, his, I think, 12th year in the NFL this past year for the Arizona Cardinals. How are you doing today, Colt? Hey, I'm doing great. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me on. I'm glad it worked out. Yeah, I, I appreciate you doing it. I, I think that. Uh, Texas fans are happy that you're able to share yourself a little bit, uh, some, share some time. Just uh, before we get started, I saw I saw that you were at the drum yesterday or last night. How was that? You and uh, George were there, and uh, what do you think of the atmosphere that Chris Beard's creating right now? Yeah, uh, it was a little bittersweet last night, right? You, the last game at the at the drum at the Irwin Center. I was so thankful that I was able to go. Uh, I think Coach Beard is building a, a great basketball program you know we fell a little short last night but uh, those guys are defending national champs and they they are they're a well-oiled machine they looked pretty good last night so um don't put too much stock into that and hopefully that we can kind of put it together and make a run in the big 12 tournament and then on into the, the big big tournament all right here we go colt mccoy's record at texas listen to this 45 and 8 as a starter um, 1,157 completions out of 1,645 passes, a career 70.3 completion rate. That's, un- that's unreal. 13,253 yards, 112 passing touchdowns, 20 rushing touchdowns, add another 1,589 yards on the ground. And that's interesting because that includes sacks, right? You're like, you get the pro, right. pro stats are different than college ones. Um, you know, Texas fans will always remember you as, you know, you and Vince right there together, coming up together kind of and, and playing right back to back. That is one of the, um, I would say that those seven or eight years are the penultimate of Texas uh, football for that. A lot of people that grew up at that time. Um, you're, you, you know, I'm looking at it right now and I've got a bunch of questions for you. So I'm just going to get right in it. I'm going to ask you, what happens if you don't get injured against Alabama? Because I know you've been asked that before. Yeah, I know. I mean, I I like to think to myself, like, we all know what would have happened. Um, you know, I think the hardest part of that whole game, you know, was not the shoulder injury that I experienced. Clearly, that was hard. Like, um, personally, professionally, it hurt me going into the draft. It, it it affected me in a lot of ways, right? But my heart still breaks for my coaches, my teammates, um, all the guys that just poured everything they had into getting to that point, right? I could have left the year before and gone to the NFL, but the goal was to win the national championship. And so I think um, those guys having to go out and play 
with somebody else other than me. I mean, Garrett played great, but that's the first time in four years that anyone had to do that, right? So my, my heart was broke just for everyone else. Like, I could deal with myself afterwards. You know, the disappointment, the, the anger, the frustration, the, all the things as a competitor that you can, you can imagine. Um, but still to this day, I just, I wanted it so much for all my teammates, for the coaches and, and uh, you know, that, that, that was a very special team. And I don't regret for a second coming back from my senior year and, uh, you know, cause everybody's story is a little bit different and everybody's experiences are a little bit different. And I've certainly grown from that, but uh, you never want to end it that way. Right. Yeah, I, it's hard. I talked to Greg Davis, uh, I guess it was about a year, year and a half ago. And I had talked to him off and on through the years, right? And uh, we were talking about that game. And I said, what happens if Colt doesn't get hurt? And he goes, I felt like we had a really good game plan. That's, <laughs> that's I did too. Said. I did too. You know, I think everybody had written us off at that point, you know, um, except for us. I thought that the week that we had out there, everyone was locked in and, um, plan was put together well uh we matched up against them you know I felt like Saban was going to come after me a little bit and I always as a quarterback felt like coach Davis and I were on the same page if people want to pressure us and blitz us like we're going to handle that and we're we're going to beat that like and so we we had a great plan for that and uh yeah four four or five you know six plays in like kind of was all taken away so still bitter about it obviously but um, you know, we've, uh, I, I think I've just channeled that into just, you know, the things and, and experiences that I've gained in the NFL, the, the ups and downs that I've faced, the, a few injuries that I've had, like, you know, that, you know, experiencing that helped me in my transition, but I just, my heart still breaks for everyone else. Like all of us, we, we, we worked so hard to get to that point, you know, and I was fortunate to be there five years before and hold a clipboard when we won the national championship in the Rose Bowl. So my goals from that end of that game till my senior year was to get back there. And it, it looked like the story was just too good to be true. And, you know, it was all taken away. So that that's always going to be tough. Yeah. Well, I tell you what, uh, Texas fans have a lot of fond memories. Uh, I'm going to ask you about a couple of years. What was, what do you think was your best game at Texas? Oh man. I think Coach Davis probably answered that a little better. Uh, I, some some of them like come back to me when I think about game. I mean, I, I always love the big games. Like I love playing Oklahoma. I love playing AM. and uh, The bowl games were always fun. You know, the Ohio State bowl game, um, the Iowa bowl game my freshman year, like coming off, you know, of the concussion or whatever it was at Kansas State. Like. Um, 2008 the Oklahoma game I know you know my stats weren't great but that may be one of the best games I've played um and so there's just there's little things here and there where uh I'll, I'll think about everything I love getting together with my old teammates uh Chris Obanaya, uh Rackpo these guys who you know just would well they they their memories are amazing I when I'm around them I think of all these stories and all these times we had like you know, I've been hit a few times, so it's hard for me to like, but I, whenever they start talking about stories and plays and calls and all that, like things that I check, like that just fires me up. And so um, those are just a few games off the top of my head. Missouri, my senior year at home, I think we, 
you know, I was fired up for that game. And yeah, I, that's one of the best atmospheres I, I can remember at, at uh, Memorial Stadium. So, um, but I'm sure the more we talk, the more games I remember that I felt like were, were fun. And, um, you know, it was the, the, for, for four years, I just, I got to say just how, how humbled I am to like, I was at the game last night and I'm like, I, I grew up in Buffalo Gap, Texas. There's 400 people there. Like, how did I get to experience this and do this? Right. I'm, I'm still just grateful that um, I got to play for four years. I mean, that just doesn't happen. It does I worked really hard and I had to earn that. And coach Brown certainly made me, you know, earn that every, every year, but uh, just the, having the opportunity to do that, just doesn't, I mean, it just doesn't happen anymore. And so I'm, I'm eternally grateful for that. And for all my teammates, the guys that I played with, like we had a good team and, and uh, um, I'm still going, like I'm going into thir year 13 in the NFL as crazy as that sounds. And I feel like I'm trying to just hold it down for all the guys that I've played with all those years, I'm kind of the last one standing. Well, you mentioned the hard work, right? And that's part of it. And there are other people that work hard too. You mentioned Rock Poe, I mean, I, all those guys, NFL guys, they work hard too. Um, I, I'll never forget the first time I saw you in person actually was at the seven on seven state championships. You and Stephen <laughs> McGee were there. Yeah. Um, and you guys were kind of had some fringe, some off field kind of camaraderie yeah. or whatever. And uh, I was like, Stephen McGee's just, if you ever meet him in person, he's big, broad shouldered. Yes, he looks yes. like a, he looks like a, like, you know, a male model of what a quarterback maybe should be. Right. And you were sure you were still in high school and you at the time were a string bean. You were playing yeah. all the sport. <laughs> yeah, I'm oh, like, yeah. whoa, wait a minute. Y'all were. <laughs> And, and that, but, but that shows you, um, you know, over time and, and you saw that as you got through your Texas career, even as a redshirt freshman, you weren't real big, but you had gotten bigger and you continued to add on smart weight or reshape your body, however you want to put it. Yeah. And, and it's a, uh, I think it's a, uh, an idea that people can get better as yeah. they go along with continued hard work. And I think your, your perseverance kind of. Yeah, that. I think, I think all that's true. I think, you know, coming from a small school, you know, we, we played all the sports to have a team, right. I played golf and tennis and like football and basketball and track and you just, you go to like, just so we could, we would operate. Right. And so you never had an off season. I mean, we, I remember we played in the state championship game in football on a, Saturday afternoon and Tuesday night we had like a district basketball game so you you just went you just went and you did you did that was part of how I grew and I wouldn't change a thing of that uh, but I also think that like you know, when you do get an off season like the red shirt year was the best thing that ever happened to me I mean people asked me what was the what was the best thing that you know you you did in college I said it really wasn't what I did it was it was that year like we all want to play, we all want to compete, we all want to be a part of that. But that year for me was so beneficial. Um, just, I mean, at 5 a.m. every day, I was with Mad Dog, like brutal. I mean, the first week was fine, but week two, week three, you know, all the, like, the entire, I didn't have a break. It just, but I knew that that was going to pay off. And I knew it was going to pay off in the sense that I was going to get a shot at the job. I didn't know if I was going to 
Coach Brown was going to, like, name me the guy or whatever. I knew Vince was leaving, but I knew I was going to get a shot. And that's all I, I had ever asked for. And, you know, all those hours and times, I ended up, I ended up growing, like, an inch and a half or something. I put on, like, 30 pounds. All, really all because I just – I had – I was focused on one thing. And – but to this day, I mean, you're right. Like, I was a streamer. I was 160 pounds. Like, I, I still don't know how Coach Brown brought me to school. Like, I, what I did to deserve that, like, I mean, I still just – every time I see Coach Brown, just give him a hug. Like, <laughs> Are you talking about – we, we talked about your best games. And I, I think that I, I look back at your the arc of your career. And the, the first, first year you had – got a little injured, but came back, beat Iowa in the Alamo Bowl. Second year, you threw more interceptions than you probably wanted to, right? Um, but still came back, beat Arizona State in the, the Holiday Bowl, uh, had a good year. But that third year as a starter is really when you you went from, okay, Colt McCoy is good. He's, he's going to get Texas in good position to win games. But you went from a guy to the guy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I think that as I look back at it as a, a guy that's followed Texas football for 30-some-odd years – and remember that uh, 08 uh, Cotton Bowl game, which I happened to be at, um, it's, it felt like to me, like you went from a guy to the guy from the second quarter of that game until you graduated college. Yeah, that's, I mean, a, that's a good observation. I think I, think I knew going into the 08 season that um, we had a good team. There was a lot of good voices on our team, older guys, uh, some good young guys, but it was a very um, player-led team. I felt that in spring. I felt the disappointment from winning 10 games the past two years, you know, 06 and 07, and, like, kind of underperforming. And I put a lot of what happened in 07 kind of on my shoulders. You know, we had, like, the, like a three-game stretch where we lost three games in a row. Two, lost to Kansas State at home. Like, those things just – didn't happen. And you can point the finger one place and point it my way. And I let everybody know that, that that's the case. Like, look, guys, I, I got to play better. And, and coach Brown and coach Davis certainly told me the same thing. Like you got, you got to play better. You got to cut the turnovers out. You got. And so when I went into that off season, um, I basically just said, scratch these two years. They don't, all that matters is what's next. Like, and so I, you know, I remember that off season spending time with coach Davis every day, like, no, no, just teach me the offense like I, I've never – I don't know. Teach me like I don't know a word of the system, the protections, the checks, the run game, the pass game, what's my reads. Like, what if they play 3D for 2D? Like, where am I supposed to go? Like, I just – I had notebooks full that whole offseason. I learned how to watch tape that offseason. I learned how to do a lot of things because um, I really cared and I valued the fact that, like – we came to UT and all these guys came to UT to win. And the, the school deserves that. The fans deserve that. But we deserve that. Like, we work too hard to only win 10 games. We're more talented than that. We're not going to lose a game from here on out. And that was kind of the motto. That was kind of the way it started. And a lot of that started with me because I needed to clean the, the way that I played up. And, you know, but a lot of that is counting on guys around me and pushing each other and, uh, the time in the building that off season and that summer, just we 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 became really close. I, I mean, I don't know what people think, but I would say that that the 08 team was 
will probably beat the 09 team. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Some guys some guys might say different, but I just felt like the, the group of seniors that we had that year were just they were some of our best players. They were some of our best leaders. And, you know, we dropped the ball in Lubbock in 08, but that's, you know, we, that's kind of our, we handle that. You never know what happens looking back. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't want to take away from that. the 09 team. Like the 09 team is amazing, but like that 08 that team is where you're right. Like we, we transitioned from being 10 and three, 10 and three to like, okay, no one's going to beat us. Yeah. I, I felt like, Colt, um, you know, I, that's an interesting question because it, it, you're not the only one that has that question, which team, which of those two teams were better. Uh, both of them just tremendous all around. Um, you know, I, I remember uh, the, a couple of games in there, but that, that OU game, you said your, your stats weren't great. I just looked them up 28 of 35 for 277. So you didn't throw for 450 or whatever, but OU you know, they're sitting there with Gerald McCoy. They had on offense, they had Sam Bradford at full health, by the way, not mm-hmm. like 09 where you guys, yeah. you had like swine flu and yes. he was yeah. had a shoulder problem, but they had, they had him, they had Ryan Broyles, Jermaine Gresham, Trent Williams, who's still in the league. Uh, mm-hmm. is, was their offensive tackle in that? Oh, I mean, they had, they were yeah, yeah. And their running back, um, DeMarco. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they... they they were loaded. And, yeah. and so, uh, and, and the hardest guy, the hardest guy that I played against in college was Venomous. I mean, he would, he, I mean, Oklahoma week was like, I circled that early. Well, first, when the, when the, when the schedule came out, because I knew that was a battle. Venables would show me blitzes. He would blitz corners. He would play coverages that, you know, you just didn't see or hadn't prepared. And he always had something. And he'd always pull it out like, when you least expected it, right? I remember early my, my freshman year, I got hit with a corner blitz, and I'm like, well, you can't, like, who are, what number are you wearing? Like, I, where'd you, you know? And so I knew that I needed to be, and Coach Davis and I worked really hard to identify tips and keys and things against them, but you always, you had to play that game with feel and an alertness that, like, anything could happen. You know, not to mention you got Gerald McCoy running down your, throw or like you know they just had good players all over the field so uh, I love the games for those for those matchups the uh Ohio State game uh that year the the uh, Fiesta Bowl uh, in 08 uh kind of encapsulated uh yours and Quan Cosby's career at, at some level in that you know backs against the wall last things down you you, you guys uh connect with you connect with James Kirkendall for a a fourth and two where he barely puts the ball over the refs got the mark wrong, but then it went upstairs and they got you all the first down. <laughs> you know, I, I've, I've talked to Quan about that moment and, and what you guys saw 
uh, in that play. You want to try to recount the the, the game winning play there in your world? Yeah, I, I, I mean, I'm sure a lot of guys have their their recollection. I, I know that um, I'm still hacked off of myself for throwing that pick right before halftime. That one, that one still bugs me. Um, but early in the third quarter, they they we call it zero blitz, where they just play man to man with no safety, and they they bring an extra guy. Uh, we we had gotten an empty empty formation early in the early in the second half, and that, they fired that pressure, and um, I missed it. I didn't get sacked, but I didn't get a complete the ball. I'm, it caught me off guard, and so I remember coming back and talking to Quan and Jordan and Brandon Collins, because they were all the guys that kind of rotated inside, you know, in the slot. I'm like, look, if I look at you or if I point at you, like, I'm going to recognize this pressure again if they bring it. Like, we're running across the guy's face. You cross the guy's face, there's no safety, right? I'm just going to replace the rush. Um, and in crunch time, they did it. And Quan was right there, and he crossed his face, and he made the guy – I mean, Quan did it all. It was a great adjustment that we made on the sidelines to, to recognize if they do it again. And, but he made the guy miss. Then there's nobody. I mean, it was zero blitz. So there's no, there's nobody there. And um, man, when that happened, I, you know, I, I was obviously thrilled. Um, I think the hard part about that week was we were very excited to play Ohio state. Like we wanted a piece of them. I wanted a piece of them. I lost to them my freshman year, right? This was a, this is a redemption sort of thing. But if you ask everybody deep down, like we were all wishing we were in the in the BCS game, right? We felt like we should be, because um, back then it was all based off voters and the system, and the nine we were like fell short. Um, but that shows the true character of that OA team to say, like, yeah, we know we should be there, but we're going to go out here and win this game regardless. And Ohio State gave us everything we wanted. Yeah, I, I thought y'all played a great game, a good team. Ohio State had some – They were very good. You know, they they, they, they had good. a bunch of guys ending up in the NFL just like you guys did. And, and so I, I felt like that was that was interesting. You go into your senior year, um, and y'all, you start out, and I think it's like – no, not many people remember this, but that was – swine flu was a thing back then. Yeah. And, and you got it, and you didn't come out of the gate firing like you did uh, the first part of the year. Was that really something that, that bothered you? Coach Davis – said he thought it did bother you, but didn't say, I don't know if Col what Colt would say. So yeah, I don't, I would never, I would never blame it on that, but I do remember it was kind of going through the locker room. Right. And it was one of those things that you just didn't like bounce back after a couple of days. Right. Probably kind of like COVID to be honest. Um, the, the difference in 09 was we, we, we lost um, Quan, we lost Brandon, we lost, a few, we just lost some some skill guys that, you know, those are hard. Those were hard to replace. I mean, you can't replace Quan, right? You know, Jordan started playing X a little bit. Like it's really not his true position. He needed to be playing like the slot or maybe the Z. You know, we were trying to bring Kirkendall along. Uh, you know, and then you we we were rotating guys, trying to figure out where where everybody should be. And it to me, it just it took some time to like gel, right? It took some time to just get everybody on. I had played a lot of football at that point. A lot of these guys hadn't played much. So the things that I expected them to do, maybe they, we weren't doing or 
maybe I was expecting a little bit too much of them. We just, our communication is, you know, so we weren't as efficient, you know, at times early in the season as we, as we should have been. Um, but that's all part, I mean, that's all part of, part of growing up and part of, part of, you know, letting guys step up and make plays. Marquise Goodwin came up big in that, that OU Marquise game. came up. Yeah. 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 He, he was like, he, he, uh, you were wondering who, who was going to, who was going to be that other guy other than Jordan to take some pressure or some weight off of your yeah. shoulders. And yeah. he was still young though. So he couldn't do it the whole year. Right. He, he was still learning. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I look at it best. For, I have a question for you here. Who do you think, what was of, of all your years uh, in college, the best performance in a game by a teammate that you remember? Wow. Um, in all my years, I would say, look, when you're a freshman or a sophomore, like looking back on my time, like there's just going to be games where like you're in college and maybe you had like finals that week and you're like in, you know, your study hall all night, you're trying to like get all that. And then you got to go out in front of a hundred thousand people and you got to perform and you're going to get critiqued and judged. And you like it, the, the amount of pressure that you learn to deal with when you're young is like why I think, you know, you all of a sudden turn into 08 and 09. It's like, okay, I know what's what this game requires of me. Now I got to take that a little bit farther. I want to be great. I, that's, I, I want to win. And if we want to win, then it's going to start with me. Right. And so, but, but having those years, you, you have to, you go like, I mean, it's, there's just going to be games, right? One of the games that I had was my sophomore year at home playing against Nebraska. Right. And had Jamal Charles not turned to Superman in the, <laughs> quarter we would have got beat right and I told like so the the coach for Nebraska was Bill Callahan who I've played with in the NFL he's been one of my coaches for a while um he was fired he was getting fired right so I don't know this as a sophomore right I'm still young I'm 19 years old or whatever so now 13 years in the NFL when a coach is going to get fired he's he does things that you've never prepared for Never like he brought he brought cover zero probably 35 times in that game. Right. Just over. And I just kept getting hit and hit and hit and like couldn't get the ball out. Why can't we protect? Like, I, I mean, I barely knew what cover zero was at that point. Like, so I turned back to the sidelines and I came back to the side and it was just a dogfight. We can't get anything going. They're always bringing one more than we can block, like holding our receivers off the line. Like it just was it was it, this is one of those days, right? I don't remember what was going on with me personally. Probably had a test, probably had stuff in school. Like, who knows? And I looked at Coach Davis and said, we got to run the ball. Like, I know we're bringing an extra one, but you got, like, Jamal Charles. Maybe he, if he makes a miss, it's over, right? And Coach Davis was like, all right. Like, and he rushed over 200 yards, I think, in the fourth quarter. It was one of the best performances I've ever seen. And I still remember, like, the head bob running down the sideline and, Jamal is one of my favorite teammates of all time. And um, he single-handedly just pulled us out of the bad place that we were in and willed us to victory. And uh, I just remember getting done with that game, like taking a deep breath and like, 
I'm glad that's over. Colt, uh, talking about your your career now and as a pro, and you made that transition from from college to pro. You're you're playing. You're going into your 13th year. You're playing right now for the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, the Cardinals are hit, led by Cliff Kingsbury, who actually shares some some common uh, com- commonalities with you. Uh, his dad was a high school coach at New Braunfels Canyon High School. Uh, your dad, a high school coach. You're now uh, playing uh, there for him. You're in your 13th year. When you hang up the cleats, do you have any any uh, thoughts about possibly being a coach at some point in time? I mean, maybe. I don't think I'm shutting the door on that by any means. You know, you, you play something for so long and you're around, I mean, I've been around the game since I was three years old. That's the water boy from the cat, you know. So I have a good feel for the game, and I, I do really like it. And um, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna shut the door on that. I've I've been offered jobs all the time, coaching. Um, so I don't know for sure. I mean, I I know how how important spending time with my family is, and how much they sacrifice for me to like still be playing. Uh, so I I mean, I certainly don't take that for granted. Um, but you know, I don't, I don't know. I, I think that there's a good possibility, but we'll just have to figure that out. You know, I think right now I just coming off the season last year, my body feels pretty good and, and, uh, kind of gotten better as I've, as I've gone along, which is interesting, but I'm, I feel good. Uh, 11 quarterbacks taken in the 2010 draft, I believe it was right. Uh, 11 quarterbacks taken. You were the fourth one taken. You're the only one still standing, uh, by, by, by the yep. way. Gone are Sam Bradford, Tim Tebow, and Jimmy Clausen. They all went ahead of you. Uh, the last quarterback taken, though, uh, Zach Robinson uh, of Oklahoma State. He's now a coach uh, in the yep. NFL. Uh, so that's kind of – I was thinking that that was kind of interesting how – I mean, that that's your peer, you know, from a yeah. from that standpoint and – He's already um, well into his coaching career, so uh, you've had a, a lot of uh, that going on. You mentioned your family. Tell us a little bit about uh, where your family is. How, I think you've got four kids now. Is that right? I do. Four kids. Uh, they're all doing great. Um, three girls and a boy. Uh, my wife is, is a super mom. Um, she's pretty amazing. She's our, she's all of our biggest supporter. So um, very thankful and, and blessed, you know, and, and – uh, off season is kind of nice because you get to, you know, I get to drop off and pick up and make breakfast and lunch and um, spend a lot more time than, with them than I do when, during the season. So I, I always enjoy this time. I, I joke it's a little bit, it's a little bit harder work than actually playing the football season. <laughs> it's, uh, it's great. It's great. Welcome to life with kids. As they grow up, it gets the, the it actually gets easier as they grow up, but the problems get more difficult, right? There are more complex. That's probably true. Yeah. Um, I tell you what, uh, you know, I'm, I'm looking at it and uh, I, we have a co-friend that, that uh, I think both of us talk to off and on. Whatever. He tells me you play tackle football with your son all the time whenever you get a chance. Is that true? Hey, I mean, I, my son is at the age three now where he kind of understands that like dad plays football. I mean, he's still figuring it out he'll play every sport I, I give him a baseball bat we'll play baseball for hours in the backyard football he, he wants to put on helmet we, so he got a he got a UT helmet and jersey and like you know little kid pads or whatever for Christmas 
and he won't take them off. I mean, he tries to wear them to school every day. But as soon as he gets home, he wants me to put on my UT helmet, and we go in the backyard and 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 we go at it. Just he full body. He he plays like he's a middle linebacker. I'm like, hey, you know, we need to work on our throwing a little bit so we don't have to tackle people for a living. Um, but he's he's great, big, big time football player though. Yeah, you uh, you mentioned your hard work. I mean, people don't realize this, but I mean, today, for example, we've scheduled this interview around you doing a, a roughly a two hour workout schedule, right? Um, and so. I think that people sometimes just, oh, well, he's, he's a pro. It, it, you know, they don't necessarily recognize that it's a job at this point too. You're right. And so this is your, your career. Uh, I did have another question for you. Uh, one question I always want to know. So do you, are you, when you live in another city, cause you've gone to four or five different teams now, right? Mm-hmm. I think you're with the Redskins probably the longest until now. Right. Um, do you, I, are you there in Phoenix for the during the season in an apartment, kid, wife, kids come in and see you maybe a couple times so that the kids don't get pulled out of school and everything, right? Yeah, you know, uh, my wife and I decided a long time ago that we, we were going to go together. So, um, like we we have a house in Arizona, and, and uh, you know, during during the season we're all there. Uh, we're we're doing life there, and you know, I don't know how much longer we'll be able to go back and forth. But we we have a great support system here in Austin. You know, my wife's. Parents live here. Um, we love our church and community and friends, and uh, the kids love their school. So uh, it's a great setup. I think you know somewhere in Austin or around Austin will be home forever. Um, and so that's how we we've, we've always done it. You know, we'll, we'll see as I as I keep going. You know, if we'll if we'll be able to do that back and forth thing or not. Um, that remains to be seen. But as of as of this offseason, that's what we're doing. And, you know, love Austin. It's it's definitely grown and changed over the years. But uh, the people are just so genuine and nice. And, um, you know, I love UT. UT just been so meaningful and impactful to me. And, I'm, I'm, again, I'll, I'm forever grateful for all that it's done for me. And you don't ever want to wear out your welcome there, right? But you, you also – I'm just a fan now. You know, I want, I want to see them do well. And, um, you know, I want to, I'm, I'm not that involved, but I, I want to be, you know, a small part of what they do and be around and, and helpful. And uh, I just, I just care, you know, and, and again, we love Austin and um, it's, it's definitely home. So uh, this off season is off to a good start so far. Have you uh, have you reached out to and talked with Steve Sarkeesian and his staff? Uh, and and what are your thoughts on uh, the Longhorns? You obviously saw him struggle uh, last year. Uh, I know you don't get to watch every single game, probably like you'd like to or whatever. Um, but you know, what are your thoughts on on Coach Sarkeesian uh, from a personal level, professional level? Yeah, no, I, I he's been great. I, I've talked to him many times. Been up there several times. Uh, you know, I think you talked about like the penultimate years of like Vince was there and all the way through like 2009 or whatever. We won lots of games. And I think now being removed from that as a fan, it's like, why, why can't we, why, why, what's missing? What's going on? Like, even for me, I, I get that way. I'm like, well, when I left, it was like, we should win 10 or 12 games every year. Like, well, I don't understand. 
and I, you know, I think, you know, you go through coaching changes and um, different recruiting cycles and all that, like it takes time. And I think for us as fans, we're a little spoiled. Right? We, not over the last 10 years, but over the life of being a Longhorns fan, like the expectations are high and they should be, you know, I think coach, coach Stark definitely knows that, but you know, a little bit of grace from, for, you know, inheriting his football team and now going into the second year, like, I expect there to be a big jump in improvement. I think everybody does, and, uh, but it does take time to build a team and exactly how you want it and get the players that you want and, you know, everybody buy into the system and the, and the scheme of, of what they're trying to do on both sides of the ball. I just, you know, I, I think, I think you're going to see a good jump. You know, I think last year um, the ball just didn't bounce their way, like especially late in the year. It's the games they probably really should have won that, you know, they just didn't close them out. So uh, you close out those games this year, you win eight or nine games. So, hopefully, I mean, the expectation of bars is high, right? It's, uh, so hopefully, hopefully that happens. I just, I just think, you know, I've, it's the same thing in the NFL. You, you get a new coach, like, you, you, you know, you make the playoffs. That's pretty amazing. It just doesn't happen very often, right? There, there's a transition. There's a change. There's a time to, like, everyone kind of get on the same page and figure it out. It's a natural process. So uh, we have to be willing to accept that as, as fans and, you know, we'll, we'll get there. Yep. What do you think of his, his offense um, and his offensive style? You, you think that's conducive to, to winning it, it on the college level? Yeah, certainly. Uh, I, Coach Sarkeesian is really smart when it comes to the ball and, and his staff is too. I've spent some, spent some time with, with a lot of them. Um, I, he's an he's aggressive. He's an aggressive play caller. He, he he looks for mismatches. He looks for you know ways to get his best players the football in space. Um, you know his his offense worked in the NFL. I mean, I watched it with Matt Ryan for a couple of years. You know, then he goes to the college level with Alabama, and you know they win national championships. So I mean, it's proven. It's it's just a matter of everybody buying in and he's getting the pieces where he wants them. You know, I think we can get a little bit better on the offensive line. You know, I think we can get a little bit better at the quarterback position, you know, and, and those things are just a natural deal. Right. I know they're working hard. I mean, I, I, I keep in touch with those guys and, and uh, you know, there definitely was a level of unmet expectations last year. And so, I mean, I would expect to see a big jump from from everybody. You you like uh, B. John Robinson, and would you like to throw the rock to Xavier Worthy? I mean, absolutely. <laughs> I think those those are names that you'll hear for a long time. Yeah, yeah. Hey, uh, before I let you go, um, I noticed you're wearing Jordan Shipley's and his dad Bob's uh, yeah. Shipley Ranch's hat. That's um, right. They uh, they have a uh, real estate. Uh, company there that uh, sells ranches. Is there anything that you would like a foundation or anything that you would like to mention that you've been working on personally uh, to maybe give some airtime to uh, just so, so people are aware of it? Yeah, I mean, nothing, nothing in particular. I, I uh, my wife and I are very involved in the community. Um, lots of different ways involved in our church, uh, both here and in Phoenix. Uh, so I, I don't, I don't take for granted or take lightly, uh, what God has done for me and, and for my career and for my family. Uh, I'm grateful to so many people and, 
places and, and uh, people along the way who just played an impact for me. And, you know, I think that that just, these things don't just happen overnight. There's people along the way and help along the way that just sometimes can go unnoticed. But, I, you know, for me, I just I always try to be grateful and thankful for all of that, you know, and the places here in Austin that I've worked with through the years, um, you know, really Dell Children's, Ascension Seton, that's where all my kids were born. You know, I've had many, many ER trips to, uh, there and they've just taken such good care of me. I know they have a lot of uh, things on the horizon that are going to be great in the community that I'm, you know, probably going to get involved with. So that would just be one off the top of my head, but uh, there's so many and, and uh, thankful that I can be a small part of uh, a great place like Austin in our community that um, is pretty amazing. Well, I think that uh, I think it's safe to say that on behalf of uh, a lot of Texas fans that will watch this video, they're grateful for you and what you gave not only uh, of your time at the university, the work you've put in, uh, the ambassador you've been for the university and the representative you've been of it. Uh, Colt McCoy, uh, you're a class act and uh, very appreciative of you and your time at, at the university and what you've got going forward with your life. Um, that's well, going to be the you. interview uh, for today. Uh, Colt McCoy, uh, thank you for joining us. I'm Bobby Burton for On Texas Football. Please uh, also come see us uh, over at InsideTexas.com. Uh, that's where we write articles and answer message board posts uh, for the Inside Texas staff on a daily basis. Colt, thank you again. You have a good day, bud. All right. Thank you, Bobby. Welcome. Welcome. <laughs> Take care, man. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger. For the ones who get it done.